You're listening to Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. With me, as always, is... Lord Josh Schaefer. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> I have land in title. <laughs> Where did you get this land in title from? The internet. Craigslist. She's Craigslist nobility. Yes. Well, <laughs> not you can Google it. It only costs $100. But I haven't paid him yet, and I haven't really filled out the form, so I guess I'm a false lord. We are joined in the booth today by... The false lord's wife. That would make you Lady Schaefer. Yeah, you're a lady in the, of the court, Josette. Act like it. The, f- the false lady, Josette Schaefer. <laughs> you don't talk to the help. The help talks to you. And also... um, Not a lord or a lady, Rebecca Finkelstein. <laughs> I'm so confused over what just happened here. Your wife has become gender neutral, <laughs> is what has happened. No, I just don't own any land or... She's a peasant. Help. Yeah, I'm a peasant. <laughs> Not because she's a woman, but because she's a peasant. I lack social class. I, I feel like this is both the best and the worst intro for what we're going to talk about today, because I want to try and direct the topic towards superheroes, specifically female superheroes and cinema right now, specifically because, as sure as most of you have heard at this point, there's the Rotten Tomato score, which, not that I pay much attention to Rotten Tomato normally, but the Rotten Tomato score for uh, Captain Marvel, which got spiked by MRA guys long before the movie came out, zeroed it out just because they hate the fact that there's a female superhero in there. And this was prompted by them trying it before with... uh, Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars The Last Jedi, where they did that because apparently they're upset that there are people of... With, you know... Of color. People of color and people with non-penises in a movie. Apparently Asians, blacks, and women can't do shit in space. Apparently. So... I'm curious about like your guys' opinions on the matter and your thoughts, of course, on idiot, racist, MRA guys, certainly. But like the movies they're complaining about, like for me, I didn't necessarily care about either of the ones. I've seen Captain Marvel, and it didn't necessarily thrill me, and I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, so I wasn't really super into the movie either way, and... I mean, I can't necessarily say I agree or disagree with the Rotten Tomatoes score that might be on it at this point. It's just their movies and they were okay. So Right, but you're not butthurt because there's a woman in it. You just didn't particularly care for the story. No, so. that's true. And and me being into Star Wars, I mean, I, I liked Rey at first, but then I realized how bland she was and... Yeah, but, I, uh, but Luke was bland. Eh, he's... He, uh. Star Wars is full of bland characters? No, but uh, Luke, um... He's the, he's a super whiny character in the first movie, and he really doesn't get interesting until after he loses his hand. And his father is also whiny. Oh my god, yeah. And doesn't get interesting, period. <laughs> no! He gets interesting after he loses his arms and his legs and is encased in robot... <laughs> And when he becomes a black man. I was going to say, it has a different person voicing him. What does that say about our society? Mm. More black people should be given lead roles in Star Wars movies? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and and yeah, that that is a good point that, okay, yeah, Luke wasn't didn't exactly have the most personality. But I don't know. It's like in, in this point in time, we kind of expect more from our movies, more than just kind of a typical, like, character that you can put yourself into their shoes, you know, a la Twilight and that damn girl in it. Oh. Kristen Stewart? We didn't all just think we were, was it Edward or Jacob or whatever? Edward. 
I mean, I, I thought the chemistry between those two men was palpable. Not gonna lie, I totally thought My Little Pony first, so I was not <laughs> thinking of the vampire movie. Do the do the ponies sparkle? I can't remember. In the movies, they do. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, there are special gem ponies that uh, God. sparkle. The thing is, I know you're not making that up. That's actually probably a real thing. You would be correct. Yeah, that's wow, legit. But I mean, I guess that's a that's a fair point to make about Star Wars is we don't need the same stories that we've already gotten from the Star Wars series because heck, we already got that again with uh, Force Awakens Episode Seven, which was practically a remake of Episode Four, just done by J.J. Abrams instead of George Lucas. And the biggest criticism most people have about that movie is the fact that it's too much like the movies that came before, and then the movies that. George Lucas made after the original trilogy don't really push the series forward at all. They star more white people doing more white people things with force and almost feels less inclusive because just due to midichlorians, uh, less people are capable of having the force in them even. And other racial stereotypes of the alien races. Yeah, what, what does it say about the Star Wars movies that the white people are the ones that get all the midichlorians? What's that all about? Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, but he's not as powerful as Anakin is. No one is. Samuel L. Jackson doesn't get to unite the Force. It's got to be Anakin. Mm. But but Yoda had midichlorians. But he didn't have as many as Anakin did. This is what I'm trying to say. Midichlorians are stupid. It's a, it's <laughs> a stupid concept. I hate that concept so much. <laughs> but there's. But on the topic of women, <laughs> I was going to get back to that eventually. This is about race and women. <laughs> I mean, that's oh. it's <laughs> it it's something about the series that. More recently with Ray and Finn and Rose. Oh, and Rose. Those are the four real main characters that have been introduced at this point. And we have an Asian lady and a black man and Poe, whatever his actor's I race is. He's, he's not white. I think he's Italian. Oh, wait, no. No, I thought he was like Portuguese or Brazilian or something. Something like remember. that. It's, it's straight. No, I know he's not straight white. And then Ray, who's a white lady, but a lady all the same. And that's it's it's a much Guatemalan. More, is he? He's Guatemalan. Okay. And it's a much more diverse cast than what we had in the previous movies, barring Samuel L. Jackson. Because uh, Samuel L. Jackson is a badass. Um, who just, for whatever reason, can't act when George Lucas is directing. That's another gripe. I mean, no one can. Ellie no. Portman is a terrific actress, but she can't act with George Lucas directing either. <sighs> yeah, there's that. So, but we got a more inclusive cast, and it seems like a lot of the complaints about the new movies, if they're not about how much it feels like the old movies, is about the diverse cast. So, aside from Ray, who you apparently found boring, what do you think about the rest of the diverse cast? I mean, heaven forbid we have a diverse cast in, I don't know, motherfucking space. <laughs> well, but what do I know? How can, I don't understand how people can grouse about like their space drama and having a diverse cast when you have Star Trek, which has been diverse from the beginning, was purposely designed to be diverse. Well, those but, people don't usually like Star Trek, though. But Star Trek, to be fair, has been from the very beginning, whereas Star Wars, like you said, did not start off that way. So are you saying that Star Wars is for white supremacists? Is that the point that you're trying to make? Have you seen the First Order? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Point. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a, a fair point to make, is that from the beginning, the Empire was purposely designed using, like, Nazi-style regalia and Nazi uniforms and everything, just because, you know, it was designed by someone who grew up in the 40s. And when he's designing it, the automatic thought you have about a bad guy is a Nazi. 
And that's just how cinema has worked for the longest time. So you have white Nazis on one side, and then you have a diverse cast in the new movies, at least on the other. Is that what people's problem is? Is that it's the Nazis are getting beat up by like ladies and black people now? Is that what we're having a problem with? I don't think so. I think they'd be okay if it was a bunch of white men defeating the Nazis. Okay. Their issue is that it's a group of minorities defeating the Nazis for some reason. I don't even think it's that. I think it's not to mansplain. <laughs> oh, please. But mansplain to all of us. You can you can look at me while you do it, though. Okay. This is less uncomfortable. <laughs> but the kissy faces are distracting. Anyway, but I think a lot of it's because uh, a lot of these... I want to blame everything on 9-11. This is the second time you've managed to raise it in a podcast, <laughs> and we've only done like 12 of them. Oh, that's why I said it. Okay. But if you look at the history of film, it's mm-hmm. 99... Re- reactionary. Yeah. Yeah. And everything's pretty much been white-dominated. And then you have these movies like Black Panther, Captain Marvel, that are coming out now. Star Wars was a little early on the train, but you know they purposefully diversified their cast... And a lot of these people who are used to seeing whitewashed Hollywood stories are getting hurt because they think that their own culture is being dampened a little bit, not understanding that, you know, as a white person, we've stolen a lot from pretty much every other culture, especially in Hollywood. So so you feel like they're losing their res- their representation? Yeah, and they're scared and stupid. Well, that's the argument they will always make is that they're the oppressed majority somehow. Yeah, because the majority always oppresses people, right? Well, gets gets oppressed. Gets oppressed. Yeah. I mean, that would be their argument is that somehow being a man is an oppressed minority, even though they're in the majority. Like, well, sort of. They're they're in the controlling majority, if you, if you just look at it from that respect. So, yeah. But yeah. I remember the first time I saw the trailer for Force Awakens, I looked at the YouTube comments and everyone was like, oh my God, a black stormtrooper? How can you have a black stormtrooper? Bleh. Well, yeah, shouldn't they all be, what, of, like, Spanish or Arabic descent? Because they're all from, um... Jeremy Clarkson. Because they're all from the uh, one assassin guy. Yeah. His, his stock. What? Jango oh. Fett. Jango oh. Fett. Oh, right. They were all, at one point, just Jango Fett and over and over again. he's Australian? Is he? I thought he was yeah. of some racial descent. I don't know. Australia's a race, right? <laughs> they have kangaroos. <sighs> yes. Yes, they are a race. We will just move on from that. <laughs> No, but I mean, technically, I can. If they were all still based on Django Fett, I could kind of see how the argument was you couldn't have someone who doesn't look like Django Fett. Not specifically that they couldn't be someone who's black, but literally can't be anyone other than Django Fett. But didn't they already establish that, like. They had conscripts and. Yeah, like. That after raised the, from birth and. Yeah, after the first yeah. batch was done, conscription was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been part of Star Wars continuity forever. Like, they had mm-hmm. alien races and what not be stormtroopers in the extended universe, so it's not a big surprise that one of them could be black. Although, of course, I also want to point out the simple fact that you made a huge mistake there at the very beginning. You looked at the YouTube comments. Never, Never look, at, look YouTube at the YouTube comments. comments. <laughs> the only time you can look at YouTube comments is when it's like a very small group that doesn't have any bad apples. And like the second a group gets more than five people in it, you suddenly get nasty at YouTube comments. One of the two of them is going to complain about something, and that's just the end of the world. Yeah. And, and it's all stupid, like... Well, yes, this I, I think the entire point of all this is that the MRA is stupid. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't know who else is going to agree with me. It's hard line, hot take, MRA guys are dumb. Yeah, and... Really, maybe, no argument? Maybe, <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe misguided. No! Oh, no, no. There no. Is. <laughs> That's right, solidarity right there. 
<laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> but, just butthurt about the dumbest shit. But okay. I do, like, I can kind of see their point where, j- just to play devil's advocate a bit. Okay. Just because I feel like you want the argument. Uh, it's a podcast. I feel like we should. Yeah. But, I mean, since we all are on the same page, it's not much of an argument. So I'll... I'll lay on well, the grenade for I'm us. I'm certainly not going to like collect one random guy who disagrees with us just to get a balanced point of view because that. Well, no. I can kind of understand the their point that some of it seems a little bit forced down people's throats. Like what we talked about with the last Ghostbusters movie where it wasn't a piece of femininity or feminine culture or anything. It was just women playing the roles that men used to play and then people to kind of take it and run with what it is. Star Wars is just a story about an orphan lady who happens to find a person who happens to be black and finds another person who happens to be from Eth- or, uh, Guatemala and another person who's Asian. Like, it's like I can do that by walking down the street, and it's not that big of a deal. But I don't remember what my original point was because I completely... <laughs> You were trying to play Devil's Advocate, yeah, but now you're back on our you're, side you're, again. Like, apparently I, you can't even argue that. I can't, like... But you were making a good point, which makes me think of Captain Marvel when you were saying how... Um, Shoving down throats? <laughs> no, uh, how, like, it, it's just putting a female in a male character's role, basically. Yeah, but I mean, Captain Marvel's been a woman in the comic books for years. Well, that's yeah, not, but it, it's like the way the movie was, the way I felt, it, it felt like, oh, it's just like any other dumb, like, Superman or Batman, and there's not the richness that I would expect to, or depth that I would expect um, in, in, you know, the, the hype of a female movie, like a nice, strong, you know, assertive female type. But I don't know. I, I don't feel like we got that with this movie. There, there, a lot of the movie for Captain Marvel, which I know you guys haven't seen just yet, um, it felt like if you had swapped her out for a dude, the movie would have played exactly the same. But if, if you compare that to um, Wonder Woman, if you swapped her out for a dude, it would be a completely different movie. It just wouldn't even play. But the way, like, there's only a few instances where the movie felt like it was actually addressing her, like, and not like doing it in a way to like, like having to, but like just addressing the fact that her gender was different. And at least one of those was so on the nose. It was a, a scene where she gets into a fight and it starts playing. No doubts. I'm just a girl, which was just mm, terrible. That's kind <laughs> it was of cringy. Such an awful moment in that movie. That was so bad, but there's, it's, it doesn't uh, use her strength as a woman the way like Wonder Woman did for that character. I, I think is the problem. See, in like the and I haven't seen the movie, so this is completely just me going off of what you guys have been saying or what I've heard other places. But first, like Marvel knows how to write women characters. I think like the ladies in Black Panther were fierce, like they were independent, amazing. Oh, like yeah, they. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Black Widow. Black Widow. Um, although Avengers. Yeah, the second uh, Avengers movie kind of killed that. But up to that point. She was she was fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like I, I think the whole problem with the the racism, sexism things is that we shouldn't have to look at something and say, this is sexist, this is racist, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
we should just watch Captain Marvel, see it as a female. And the fact that I think it's actually kind of more empowering in a way where it could have been replaced by a male. I mean, minus, I guess, the No Doubt song part. <laughs> but like, that's just, in my opinion, kind of cringy and poor odd, like music choice. Well, there's a couple but. instances like that because there was the, the point where like she's w- looking around. She grabs some costume off or some basic casual clothes off of a mannequin and then some guy accosts her for being a woman so she steals his motorbike like it's little moments like that where i'm like you're addressing the fact that she's a woman but you're not really doing it the right way the way that they handled it that actually felt like it was organic was where she and her wingman were uh, talking about the fact that you know they had to get onto a special project um and this science project uh so that they could fly jets because the air force still wouldn't let them fly jets in combat scenarios so I was like, that's a moment that actually felt organic yeah. to the character for the 90s. Other moments in it were just like, oh, we're putting a female hero in here, but we're doing it ha ha ha. And it's like, if you didn't, if you took those moments out, aside from the actual background of the character, it, did, it, it didn't feel like they were really properly addressing her. They properly addressed her once. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do kind of see where Josh is coming from. And I have like thought of that too, how it's like, yeah, I could see how it could be empowering for a woman to be to basically be able to play the role of a man and not have it be a thing or not have to change it to make it more girly or more emotional or whatever, where a woman is allowed to not be emotional. Um, But I don't know. I mean, full disclosure, I don't think I exactly get along with the actress, so that might be coloring my... Brie Larson? You're not a yes. fan of Brie Larson? I don't think I am. I mean, I loved her at... Okay, I didn't exactly like the character, but I loved her as the character in Scott Pilgrim, The Envy. Because oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, she can play that type of character very well. She played it charismatically, too. And I think part of the problem with her and Captain Marvel is the fact that... Captain Marvel doesn't look like she has much charisma. Yeah, well, she doesn't... I. I I feel like she's trying to play the character as if it was a female Maverick from Top Gun. And yes. Top and I mean it might be suitable for the kind of character, but I hate Tom Cruise in that movie. He is a like, dick. He's a dick. He's not charismatic at all. And it's one thing if you want to play that character because the character is like a charismatic guy that people can get behind, but the whole point of that character is that he's a jerk. And he only becomes interesting when he like has his comeuppance. Mm-hmm. And she's not a character that's going to get her comeuppance because she has to grow to be a hero, quote unquote. It's the learning the opposite lesson for the character. <laughs> mm. So, but I mean, to your point though, I mean, I think that there are really good like feminist. I'm using air quotes for feminist movies. Like my opinion, the most feminist movie that exists and i think one of you guys might say what or something but i was doing a lot of thought about this since uh, a couple hours ago when we said that we were talking about this topic but starship troopers like uh, no i could see that like they have women in combat they have women in leadership roles they're pilots they're doing literally everything men can do there's no separation between the two of them and they never once make f- mention of the fact that oh you're a woman so you can't fire a machine gun. You can't f- fly a spacecraft. No, they're all just bug bait. Yeah. Yeah. And so you don't... I'll, I'll grant that to you. Yeah. Because I was trying to think. I was like, what, what would I hold to the high standard of 
femininity as a, and, from my perspective. And then ironically, the least feminist movie was the director's next one, Showgirls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't talk about Showgirls. No, I just did. I, I, I dropped that bomb there. Oh. I always forget he did that. It I know. Immediately after, like, he had such clout in Hollywood, and then, like, that was the next thing he did. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, Paul I'll, Verhoeven. Mm. I'll admit, I haven't seen enough of Starship Troopers or paid enough attention to... Showgirls? You can or skip Showgirls, too. Sadly, I do think we own them, because I'm pretty sure I bought that for five bucks just to say, I own the worst movie ever. <laughs> I'd rather watch Manos Hands of Fate on repeat. Oh, yeah, no, I would rather watch Manos. I'm just saying, like, I do know I own that movie. I don't think I've ever actually made it through that movie. It's so bad. I don't think I have either. Yeah. Anyway, so. But, yeah, for me, what I want in a female-led superhero movie is to actually see some kind of, like, hardship and growth happen, which I don't think we got. Very much at all. No, I mean, it's, in it's, Captain Marvel. You look at Wonder Woman, and she starts off as one character, and then slowly grows into her power, and slowly grows into who she is, and slowly grows to earn the uniform that she steals from Thymascara. That's what the island is called. Close Sorry. enough. Close enough. But yeah, with Captain Marvel, she starts the movie with powers and a group to work with, and the only thing that changes is who she's fighting for. She doesn't gain any more power. She hasn't gained any weaknesses. She hasn't learned really anything new about herself. She's just there, start to finish, the same person. I mean, even Thor, who basically has the same plot line, dropped on Earth, has to figure out how to get home. He at least grew as a character. Yeah, he at least developed some kind of humility in a way, while, Plus, while still... Holding on to his, like, frat boyness. Well, yeah, I was going to say, plus, you know, he's still Chris Hemsworth. So there's there's an innate ch- uh, charisma that man cannot turn off. Yeah. <laughs> so. But, I mean, I think th- this movie kind of just felt like a precursor to Avengers. Yeah. So. Avengers prequel. Yeah, I wonder if it's going to expand her character a little bit more. She, she essentially gets the uh, role that Captain Mar- uh, America would always serve, which is the Avengers .5 movies. Oh. So, yeah, because, I mean, it's S.H.I.E.L.D. is involved in her movie, and a bunch of setup for stuff is involved in her movie. She's essentially the .5 movie for what's coming up in Avengers 4, more or less. Yeah, mm. and it just kind of felt like the movie needed more. Like, it was a pilot yeah, uh, it's, of it's sorts. The so. problem I had with Captain America was the fact that there was a really good movie condensed, like good two or three movies squished into one movie. And mm. if you'd just gotten more, and like with Captain Marvel, it feels like it ends right at the point where the character's finally starting to get interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like the last 15 minutes, half an hour, maybe even 45 minutes, I'm like, okay, now I'm enjoying this, finally. Now it's finally growing into a character I can appreciate. Yeah, even though I still have some complaints around in that time frame of the last part of the movie but um but still it's like I, I i could tear the movie apart of my in my own opinion but i'm still hopeful that it'll i don't know they'll do more with her in a better way yeah it just it feels like there needs to be another movie between that and avengers 4 like just for her like mm. a, a midpoint like they're doing a wonder woman where she's getting wonder woman 1984 which isn't a sequel, apparently. It is a sequel. Whatever. They said it wasn't. Yeah, whatever. 
<laughs> I don't know why they said that, but it's it it stars her and it's set between World War One and Justice League. It's a sequel to the World War Movement movie, whatever. But yeah, it's like they're doing that, even though she's appeared in Justice League and some stuff afterwards. They're like, we'll just go back and do a midquel, who cares, or an interquel or whatever you want to call it. But like for Captain Marvel, they're clearly just gonna continue onwards with her plotline post Avengers Four because it's what they did for Captain Marvel too, or Captain America too. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll Clone Wars that shit and put it like in some kind of animated thing. Ooh, that'd be nice. Mm. The 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 animated adventures of Captain Marvel. It's just I think part of the problem I have is that the last couple of like launch movies they've done for characters, I haven't really appreciated. Like I like Spider Man. But that's because Marvel has a hard time screwing up Spider-Man. Like, it's Spider-Man. I mean, they did with Spider-Man 1, 2, 3. <laughs> no, Spider-Man. that was Sony. Oh. Marvel. Right. But, like, um, Black Panther didn't really hook me. And that's because uh, it's the same problem. You've got a lead character who's just not that interesting. I liked all the characters around him, just like I liked all the characters he, around Captain Marvel. He did most of his growth in Captain America Civil War, though. That's the problem that I have with that movie, is that He's not interesting because they're trying to give him an origin story when he's already had his origin story in the previous movie. And here with Captain Marvel, it feels like her origin story happened before the credits even, or the opening credits even happen. And then we're just getting the aftermath of a story we really didn't see. <sighs> I don't know. I feel done. <laughs> I, have, I have one more question, though. Yeah? So I feel like we would be remiss to talk about female women equality. Whichever you want to say. Whatever we're talking about at this point. Without bringing up the test. The Bechdel test? Yes. Okay. So I was thinking about this actually a couple days ago, independent of this. I didn't know this was our topic of conversation for today. Even though I posted it on our group like a week ago. I don't use social media. Okay. Anyway. But I was thinking like that, when did that come out? Or when did that, the was like 1980s something? I thought it was more recent, but still, it's been around for a while. Because I think that they, like, I can't remember. It's been around for almost as long as I've been alive. Uh Uh-huh. So, but do you think that the same standard should still be held in today's society? About the the need to make sure that we have female characters who talk with each other, not about a man, and that they both have names? Yes. Yeah, I think it's a good thing to have in, like, a thing that you're doing. Why? So, well... So every like I feel like a lot of these movies. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. what do the ladies think? Thank you. I was trying to. That's, that oh, was my segue. How, how gracious! Not gonna lie, I don't ever pay attention to that test. I also don't know what the criteria is. That's it's that. literally what I just said. You have to have. Oh, two, that's it. You have to have two women who are both named characters, which doesn't often happen in in media. They don't always give the female characters names. They have to have a conversation with each other, not about a man. That's the only criteria? It's the only yep. criteria. And yeah. most productions Don't are unable it. to pass it. Yeah, once you notice it, you're like, holy yeah. shit. I'm it's, actually, it's kind of depressing how often it doesn't pass. Because it's like, oh, yeah. oh, it's going to. Wait, what's that lady's name? No, she was just, no. I'm actually honestly certain that Captain Marvel doesn't manage to do it until right at the very end when the character has a conversation with her best friend's daughter. And they're talking about redesigning her costume. Because up till that point... Samuel L. Jackson is in the room with them, or they're talking about something they have to do for the aliens, most of whom are male. Like, I'm pretty certain it doesn't pass the Bechdel test right until the end. They may have been like, crap, we're not actually succeeding. And they, like, randomly inserted one scene just to make it happen. Because 
Because this isn't like another high standard in that, I, I don't want to say the feminist genre because it's not really a genre, but I guess it could be. But Alien, the first Alien movie? Yeah. Wasn't that like... Well, it's what what's groundbreaking about the first Alien movie specifically is the fact that the lead character was supposed to be male. Yeah. And then they, whoever they cast for it didn't work out or something, and they decided to cast Sigourney Weaver for it, and then they just didn't rewrite anything. All they did was change her name from, like, I think, Alan to Ellen, <laughs> and that was it. And let, and because most of the time she's just called Ripley. Yeah. They don't even use her first name, so it's it's always this, and it's her following the rules. And she, she's actually, if you watch her, she's like the rule Nazi of the ship. Oh, yeah. She forces them to stay on task and follow the rules and the law of the galactic thing that they're doing or whatever. Um, and then she's the strong one who actually manages to survive everything. It feels like they didn't change anything about the movie, and that's what's groundbreaking is they basically inserted a lady into it, and it was like, we're done. You're good. And then just Sigourney Weaver just naturally being herself somehow made the character both stronger and more, I guess, feminine at the same time. So do you... This is more for the ladies. Yeah. So with that in mind, Mike said that Ellen Ripley was originally supposed to be a male character. So do you think part of the issue... I'm looking at the the women yeah, 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 yeah. specifically. Do you think a I, lot of the I, I I can tell. Okay. Well, well, the, they can't though. The, all four of our listeners, and two of them are who two were of them are right here. Yeah. <laughs> so, because our wives don't even listen to us. Hey, hey, I I do now. Now that uh, I can listen to it at work. Now that we're on asteroidg.com. Ooh. Yeah. But do you think a lot of the issues? are that men try to write women for what they think women want to be likened to. Like, cause I just imagine like a smoke filled room with a bunch of overweight, maybe Italian guys in suits. I don't know why they're Italian. Um, up until recently for our viewers, I thought I was Italian, so it's not racist. <laughs> um, but you have all these people in a room who are trying to be like, How's I supposed to talk about my women's? And that's my Italian accent. Um, and, that was that was glorious. And uh, <laughs> and so they just kind of butcher something. So do you think like if more writers? I mean, obviously, if they were female writers, it would just fix the issue. But we all know that's not going to happen. Um, I was sarcastic. Also, you can't you can't see my face, so I want to overexplain. <laughs> I'm. I'm over-explaining from a male's perspective. I think they call that a... Uh, you mean mansplaining? Yes, I'm going to woman-splain mans-splain that Spla- to you. Splaining from the men? I'm splaining for the men. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm the first to admit that, by and large, my gender's arrogant and... Can, can I say... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well-endowed? <laughs> Not all of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, arrogant and arrogant and selfish dumb okay See, i was, I was gonna for. say dumb but i didn't want to be harsh no dumb okay. and i i was hoping someone else would say it for me because oh. 50 i'm here i could say it. dumb dumb you, you certainly sounded dumb just be like uh. Uh, <laughs> see it's part of the it's part of the, the male josh character but we, we need a whiteboard a whiteboard. We should. We should yeah. swat this. Why's yes. gotta be white? Why's gotta be like that? Because because blackboards don't exist anymore. <laughs> he's he's not wrong. 
another example of white man taking the black man's job. <laughs> Whoa, we got really off track. <laughs> We're still talking about minorities, right? Like, uh, I don't even remember. Oh, but back on topic, back to Mike. Your, back to your question. So, just assuming that women probably won't be in the writer's room for a, a little bit longer because Hollywood... Do you think that men should just write women as men? Or I don't even remember what my initial point was anymore. Thanks, Mike. So I th- I think what you're trying to get get at. <laughs> Go on. I don't know anymore. I think what you're trying to get get at is if they would just fuck, I don't know what you're trying to get at. I had it whether, all in my head. Whether it would be better if males just wrote as like male characters and then just happen to have females play them or if they should write what they think that females characters actually are like. Well, let me, let me take it from a different perspective. Cause obviously I can't say one way or another, whether or not that's a good thing from a female perspective. Cause I'm not, but when I'm writing characters for any of the productions that I work on, um, follower or some of the stuff that I've tried to do for our video stuff that never took off i i may have a specific version of a character in my head that i'm writing but like when it comes to race or what they may actually look like on the script i leave all of that out yeah because in my opinion it's better to find an actor or actress in certain instances that suit the character more than it is having a preconceived notion and being like i need a 20 year old white female with you know b-cup tits or whatever it is that they're specifically they actually put on call sheets because it's male dominated and they suck they suck I've had people that I've passed off my scripts to, and I'm like, here, do a, a cover, draw a cover for me for this, and I'll pay you money. Um, it's called a commission. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and then I get complaints from them. They're like, you didn't give me enough to des- describe them. I'm like, I don't care. You figure that out. You read the script. Whatever you envision, you do it, because you're drawing the actor at that moment. If I was to cast this, I don't know who I'd cast. I would probably sit there at the back of the room with my eyes closed and listen to their performance more than I would see, oh, you're a six foot five black guy. You're going to suit this specific character this way. I don't. I don't necessarily look at it like that. That's racist. No. <laughs> and I mean, I guess the other side of it could Just be joking. could be thought of too as like women writing male characters. But I mean, I think Tina Fey is a perfect example of how a woman could write multi dimensional characters. Like she has, I don't know how much script writing she actually does, but. Yeah, 30 Rock, where she wrote, uh, I guess, the most stereotypical man on the planet. I'm going to argue whether or not she actually wrote that character, or if it was just mostly ad-libbed by I'm, Alec Baldwin. I, think, <laughs> I, I, I was actually thinking the same thing. but Whatever script she may have had was probably just an indication of where he was supposed to take the plot, and then Alec mm, Baldwin... Just was, ran with it? Seriously, I, I'd be willing to bet that 95% of that was just him and her riffing yeah. until oh, they sure. got a scene. You, you can't sure. put Alec Baldwin in a box. No. I mean, no. Well, well, even with like great news or... Um, is that what that's good that news? That was, yeah, great news. Great news or Kimmy Schmidt. Like, mm-hmm. like I've never felt underappreciated or... Well, Kimmy Schmidt's not the best argument, though, for that, because there's very few, like, white male characters in there. It's it's a very female-heavy show and a female, very minority-heavy oh, right. show. you're right. I didn't even is, think of it. Which I was is thinking, actually I was good like, for no, that show. I was, I was like, the only white male... Or straight white male character is the bad guy. <laughs> John Hamm. <laughs> yeah. So you're, I never even really thought about that. 
<laughs> I was like, Mikey's in it. I was like, but Mikey's gay, so. And like, great news is mostly ladies there, and like some really uncomfortable men. Man. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just gonna go out and say it. Men suck. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I can't recall ever a time where there was an issue that we see now where a man has written a story for a female character and it's just shit. But on the flip side, I have never come across a point in time where a woman has written for a male part and I'm just like, that's that's just not acceptable. So, yeah, men suck. Okay. So, sorry. <laughs> thank, thank you. Pa- apology accepted. Thank you. Do well. I suck? <laughs> Yes, yes, you do. Oh. I'm sorry. This has been Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. I'm Josh Schaefer. I'm not as sexist. I was playing Devil's Advocate before. So <laughs> and we were joined today by... Not a man-hater, Josette Schaefer. <coughs> Questioning everything about her life, Rebecca Finkelstein. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.